For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Chiefs finally go into Foxborough and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in the regular season. Mahomes goes to 1-2 and two against Bill Belichick, and this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. As a part of the fan-sided podcasting network and arrowheadaddict.com. I'm Ryland Styles. You can find me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. What a game that was. And again... You didn't even see the Chiefs' best football game. I predicted last week that we would see the Chiefs put it all together, but they still didn't quite do that. Now, a win is a win, but there's also still a lot of negativity to come from this game. There's also a lot of of skepticism to come from this game. It's not all sunshine and rainbows that you beat the Patriots. Now, we have three shows this week, so I'll be honest, this show... We'll not get into the negatives too much because, frankly, on the Monday after beating the Patriots, no one really wants to hear a lot of complaints. We'll we'll touch on it a little bit, but really right now everyone's kind of too excited to listen to that. Tomorrow we'll talk about some of the the, uh, negatives from this game. Wednesday we'll get ready for the Broncos and just tie a bow on this game. But let's start with before the game. The Chiefs somehow forgot their equipment and sent it to New Jersey. There was a real chance that this game could have been forfeited. We would have been robbed of the Chiefs finally beating the Patriots. I don't know how that happens. You can take off your Alex Jones tinfoil hats. There's no Patriots involvement in this. This was just the Chiefs. They messed up. They sent their equipment to New Jersey. They just forgot to take it off of the plane. It's a weird situation, but the Patriots had no involvement. And the equipment, of course, did get there on time, and they played the game. But it's just, how can you make that mistake in the NFL? When you have so many guys, so many women, so many employees dedicated to equipment, how can you forget it? That's their only job, is to handle the equipment. And frankly, they get paid a lot of money to handle the equipment. And they ship it to New Jersey. Odd situation there. The inactives for yesterday were, of course, Fenton, Mo Claiborne, both the Williams, Dam and Darrell. And then Frank Clark played with the flu, so it was his flu game, and he played very well. He posted a picture of Michael Jordan's flu game before the game, I believe on Saturday night. And he lived up to it. It wasn't just all talk. So much of this season for Frank Clark has been all talk. But yesterday... 
He got a sack. He got a couple more pressures, another quarterback hit, a couple tackle for losses. He was very good yesterday. That is why you pay Frank Clark all that money. That's why you go get a Frank Clark. He was very good yesterday. Let's move into the game as a whole. Let's start with Mahomes. That's, of course, where we start most weeks and where we will start most weeks for about the next 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. Patrick Mahomes was again shaky in the first half. Every big game that he plays, he gets off to a slow start. Every one of them. Every time he faces Bill Belichick, he gets off to a slow start. And again, yesterday was no different. A shaky first half that still ended up in 226 yards in the half. But, you know, the first couple drives, he was erratic. He made terrible reads, including an interception. It was just not really his game for the first few drives. Figure it out about the end of the first half whenever the Chiefs finally kind of controlled the game again. But that slow start, sometimes you're not going to be able to recover from that. And we talked about it two weeks ago. Whenever you're playing a team like the Ravens, who are considered to be the best team in the AFC, who are considered to be the team you have to beat to go to the Super Bowl, the number one seed, when you're playing a team like the Ravens, who can efficiently run the football, you have to get up early. You have to get up by a couple scores to make sure that they cannot run the football on you, to make sure Lamar Jackson has to throw the football. That's what worked when you played them in the regular season both years. You have to make him throw. If it's a close game, he can still run, and then he can still beat you with his legs. If you start fast, get up early, get up two scores, three scores, he has to throw football, which which we know he cannot do. He cannot throw the football. So the fact that Mahomes starts shaky yet again in another big game is concerning. And then, of course, you throw in the fact that he hurt his hand. Now, as I'm recording this, the news broke that it's nothing but a deep bruise, which is still awful. I mean, I'm saying it still hurts for him, but it's no break. There's no ligament damage. He'll be all right. It's just a very deep bruise that I'm sure hurts a lot. But luckily, they, they averted a, a disaster situation. Now, then we can get into the topic on Wednesday about if you should put Matt Moore in over him. That's an iffy situation because on one hand, you want to say yes because Matt Moore, this offense, this defense should be able to handle the Broncos even though they just dismantled the Texans last night. They should be able to handle the Broncos as they did Thursday night without Patrick Mahomes a couple um, weeks ago in October. But... Then he's missing another game. He's missing another week. And that sets everything back in terms of chemistry, I believe. So it's a it's an iffy situation. We'll get into that again on Wednesday. But the first half was really shaky for him. He also took a hit to the ribs. And you can, you can see that he was grimacing, kind of rubbing his ribs out. Uh, so he's banged up. He's really banged up and has been all year. This is going to be a year for him, although the statistics are still good, that never gets up to his standards that he set in his rookie in his uh, first year starting. This is going to be a season for him that will look good, of course, in the box score. It'll look good on the back of his football card. It'll look good on football reference. But we all know it wasn't a Mahomes year due to his injuries. The knee, now the hand, the ankle, and maybe the ribs. Because he did take a huge shot and it was really bothering him for a couple plays. 
But ultimately, they got the job done. Now, the second half, they, the offense had absolutely no rhythm. They did absolutely nothing but kick a field goal, which we'll get into that in a second. Once again this year, the defense carried this team. Spagnolia was great. He was amazing. He looked like the best defensive coordinator in football, and yet again, he has Tom Brady's number. He's the only guy that I'd trust to go into Foxborough now. His creativity, his blitz packages, his ability to throw off Tom Brady's rhythm has been proven over and over, over and over again. In New York, and now in Kansas City. He had great blitzes all night long, amazing play calling all night long. Tom Brady was frustrated. He could never get into a rhythm. He got to Tom Brady 40% of the time, which is 10% better than the best team that has gotten there. The most pressure Brady has faced all year in a game was 30%. Spags got there 41% of the time. And on one play, the Patriots were so frustrated... They were looking for answers so bad. They wanted to stop the blitz so bad that they motioned Edelman into a tight end position and had him chop block a guy, Daniel Sorensen. They took their best target out of the game to make sure that the blitz didn't get there. If the pass rush has that much effect on them, where their best target is no longer running pass routes because he's blocking. They are in good shape. They're in very good shape. It was an an incredible game from Spags. You cannot praise him enough. He got more creative, which again, I said what happened last week on the preview show. I said that it's time in December and January for Andy Reid to pull out all the stops. For him to stop calling his vanilla offense and to start using those Big, explosive, you can call him trick, you can call him gimmicky, you can call him whatever you want to call him. But those explosive plays that he dialed up last year from week 1 to week 17. And I understand why he wouldn't do that early in the year, because he learned last year, all you need to do is get into the big dance. Once you're there, you can unveil your plays. But if you've wasted all of your plays that no one sees coming on the Chargers in week 1... It does you no good in the postseason. So I get why he waited so long to do this. But he pulled the right time to do this against the Patriots because now that you've beat them, you have a good chance at a bye week now. You can you can feasibly get there. Whereas before, it didn't look like it was possible. But let's get into this right now. His creativity was very good at times. The wildcat play with Travis Kelsey was something that we haven't seen before. We've seen it with Don Terry Poe years and years ago. But with Travis Kelsey, that play specifically was something that we hadn't really seen. And Tyreek Hill went in motion a ton. I mean, basically every every play, he was in motion, which was huge, huge for this team. That is a weapon. Just him going in motion is a weapon, much less what he does with the football. A couple of those plays were run-pass options with Hill in the flat, so... Patrick Mahomes would run a read option play. He'd keep the football, run to whichever side Hill was on, act like he was going to take off running whenever the DB tried to go tackle Mahomes. He'd dump it off to Hill. Beautiful plays. Beautiful plays, especially considering Hill's speed. 
And, you know, I've been watching Hale since he was at Oklahoma State, so I mean, it's been a long time. But I'm still impressed with how good he is at starting his, his top-end speed from nothing. He can be standing in the flat waiting and waiting and waiting for a football. football. And once he get it, he can go to his top-end speed in no time. In a single step, it feels like. It's just incredible. But, of course, that all changed in the second half where you only put up three points. Andy Reid got more conservative. He played scared. He played not to lose. Whereas before, whenever you get down 7 nothing, you get punched in the mouth, you're playing to come back. You're playing to take control of this game. And that's been the problem with Andy Reid his entire career. That's what got him out of Philadelphia. Because he's too afraid to go win a football game. There is no reason that that game yesterday should have been even close. And it's not all Andy's fault. You can't help that a punt gets blocked. You can't help that Travis Kelsey makes a stupid decision and runs backwards, trying to get that 1,000-yard mark, runs backwards to try to gain that extra yard and fumbles instead of just going down. You can't handle that stupid play by Kelsey. You can't handle that stupid play by the special teams, which has been an on-curring theme throughout this year. But some of the play calls were just awful. I'm, I'm sick of these screen plays when you need a huge down, when you need a huge conversion. You're turning to screen plays with the MVP on your side. With the best quarterback in football on your side. We'll never know. What really is going on in the huddle? If that's Mahomes wanting to run screens, if that's Andy wanting to run screens. Either way, I just hope that they would unleash Mahomes. And maybe that they will in January. Maybe they're saving even more stuff for the playoffs. Now that they have clinched their fourth straight AFC West division. Something that they've never done in their history. So, you witness history on Sunday if you watch the game. But... All in all, Andy Reid had a, had a few very good plays and a few very bad ones, just like the rest of the team. I don't, I don't think you should fire Andy Reid, and so often fans cannot take criticism of anyone. They are absolute fanboys or girls of whatever team that they root for, and if you talk about Andy Reid in a negative light, they'll say, well, who do you want to replace him with? I'm not saying replace him, but he had flaws. I talked about Mahomes having a shaky first couple possessions. I'm not saying go get a new quarterback. I'm not saying trade Mahomes. But Andy Reid has flaws, and he's had flaws his entire career. And honestly, I'm not confident those flaws are ever going to go away. You don't just up and change who you are in the last three decades. If you've been the same person, if you've had the same habits, if you've had the same flaws for three decades... You're not going to change them in the fourth. That's who you are. That's what you do. And Andy Reid is a conservative coach. He's a scared coach. He never wants to truly sweep the leg. Just like selling for a field goal before the half on fourth and three. Just like going for it on fourth and inches... Only to kick a field goal, to keep the game at two possessions instead of trying to extend it to a three-possession game. Because when you're up two possessions 
and you can kick a field goal to go up two possessions, you got to do it. You got to go up two possessions after you're already up two possessions. It's just stupid things like that that get people frustrated with Andy Reid, and it got people frustrated in Philadelphia. The penalties are another thing that, that reared its ugly head again. Another theme we've seen throughout this year is penalties. Now, last week against Oakland, you saw zero, zero penalties the entire game. And you thought maybe they're turning it around. Maybe they're going to start playing solid football. Maybe they're going to start playing smarter football. Instead, last night, they went 10 penalties for 136 yards. Now, most people say that 100 yards is a touchdown. It's the equivalent to a touchdown. 100 penalty yardage is equivalent to a touchdown. And now special teams, like I mentioned, they got the pump blocked. And that changed the entire game. That changed the entire game. Without that pump block, I don't think that this that this Patriots team is even in the game. Because I don't believe in Tom Brady anymore to drive down the field. The few third down possession the, the few few third downs he picked up, excuse me. Two pass interferences. If not, I think maybe three pass interferences he picked up on third down. They stalled out every time it felt like. They could not move the football. But when you gift them the football at like the 20-yard line, of course they're going to score. So I think that if that punt gets away, it's a whole different ball game. But it's just things like that have happened all year long. And again, this is what they this is what they have shown you for over half the season. For almost the entire regular season, this is who they have been. So it's almost time to believe them. They have only a little bit of time to overcome that. They only have a little bit of time to correct that. But as of right now, penalties, turnovers, fumbles, and bad special teams is who they are. That's who they have been. That's got to change. And we say it every week. That's got to change. That's got to change. It will change. They'll get it right. They're an elite offense. They're this. They're that. But it's getting time to admit that maybe this is not the team who we thought they were. Even after a huge win in New England. Again, the settling for a field goal before the half was was pretty dumb in my opinion. The first drive after halftime, again, you, you, you go fourth inches and you let Spencer Ware pick up that inch. But then you go and turn around and kick a field goal. Whenever you, again, you only needed three yards. I've said it the last three or four weeks. This is supposed to be an elite offense. This is supposed to be the best offense in the sport. If they cannot pick up three yards, we have a problem. Let them go pick up the three yards. Harrison Bucker is an automatic kicker most of the time, but no kicker is truly automatic. So I'd rather take the chance and go get those points. Go get those four more points. Brashad Breeland made a huge stop at the end of the game, but he still had a, had a bad night. But again, in the eyes of many, that one stop at the end of the game will turn his whole game around. It'll make him be remembered totally different in Kansas City. But again, it was a big stop. It was textbook. It was the best play of his career. I watched his entire career in Washington. I watched him last year in Green Bay. 
That was the best football play he's ever made in his entire career in the NFL. Huge stop. Game-winning stop. On a play in which, when the ball's in the air, I thought, okay, ball game. Patriots are going to score here. That's a touchdown. That's it. When the ball was in the air, I thought it was going to go back to overtime and we'll see what happens. Because, of course, that's how every Chiefs game ends. But Rashad Breeland, of all people, made a textbook play to push this game into back into Mahomes' hand, let him take a knee in the football game. Great play. Great play by Breeland. And, again, goes back to what I was saying about the defense. They have carried this team every single game, including the, including the Titans game. They won that Titans game. The offense didn't. They won it. The offense lost it. That's something you didn't expect to say coming into the year about this defense. You expected this defense to be mediocre at best. You would have, ta- you would have taken below average. But instead, they've carried the way for this team. Again, they did enough against the Titans to win the football game. The offense was terrible. The offense lost that game. We'll go in, you can go into detail on that a couple podcasts ago. It's, it's simply labeled the defense did enough against the Titans. So you can go listen to that for the entire thoughts. But why I'm reiterating that is because it's, a, it's further proof that this defense has done more than enough to win the football game. They were great against the Chargers, great against Oakland, and great against the Patriots. They're peaking at the right time. Just awesome. They were just awesome last night and have been for the last month. And now the refs, which is all that New England is going to be talking about, which I find to be hilarious, given the fact that they've been the beneficiaries of the tuck rule. Last year, Chris Jones roughing the passer out of nowhere for no reason, which was not roughing at all. I'm sure everyone remembers, but he swung his arm. And he hit Tom Brady's shoulder pad, and they called it roughing the passer. The Steelers not getting a touchdown the same way that the Patriots didn't. They scored the touchdown, but the ref said that it was was not a touchdown for some reason. I mean, refs happen. There was bad calls on the Chiefs. What were they looking at whenever they threw a holding penalty on Mitchell Schwartz or Eric Fisher? Two holding penalties, that's 20 yards. That's 40 yards. That's 40 yards that they just took away from the Chiefs. For no reason. You can call holding on every play, sure, but in those two cases, it was not holding. What about whenever Mahomes was going out of bounds and he got pushed late? That's an automatic first down that's 15 yards that extends the drive. You can do the what-if game with the refs all night long. All night long. For every football game there's ever been, you can do the what-if game. Every single football game there's ever been. This is on Bill Belichick. And I said it on Twitter last night. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Bill Belichick coached his worst game of his entire coaching career last night. Tom Brady was awful, and yet, you still barely had to escape from New England. You almost blew the game to New England after Bill Belichick had his worst coach game 
of all time. And Tom Brady looked like Mitchell Trubisky. He wasted both of his challenges, so he could not challenge. It was not inside two minutes, so the refs could not review it. It was not a scoring play, so the refs could not review it. If Bill Belichick knows what he's doing and knows, number one, the NFL has reverse pass interference at a 10% rate. 10%. So it has got to be clear and obvious that's pass interference. More so than clear and obvious. It's, it's got to be a borderline crime for it to be overturned. You're losing that challenge. And then the spot. You know that the spot is subjective, especially given the camera angles. They don't have a 360 view like soccer and, 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 the, and the lasers like tennis. People are in the way. Bodies are in the way of the, of the football. At the end of the day, most, most of the time, the spot cannot be overturned. So you just wasted that challenge. Just wasted it. For no reason. And if you still had it in your back pocket for that play, whole different ballgame. But you were desperate. That was a desperate challenge. He felt the game slipping away. He had to do something. Bill Belichick has never been desperate before. He wasn't desperate against the Falcons whenever they were down, what was it, 28-3? He's never been in desperation mode. The Chiefs put him there last night and it cost him the football game because he could not control himself. He cannot control the urge to just do something. He had to throw the flag. He had to find some way to try to impact the game even whenever he probably knew it was not going to work. Was it a touchdown? Yeah, sure. It was a touchdown. I mean, there's no doubting that. But was Chris Jones's roughing call last year that extended their drive, extended their season, and put them into the Super Bowl, was that roughing the passer? No. Did the Steelers have a touchdown to beat them? Yes. The tuck roll. Should that have been Oakland ball? Yeah. I mean, these are legendary moments in Patriots history that were decided by the refs. And one call goes against them, and, and they want to burn the world down. In the regular season, they want to burn the world down. They're booing Tom Brady. They're booing Bill Belichick. They're booing their team that has been in the Super Bowl more often than not in the last 20 years. It's a joke. They're a joke of a fan base. They're a joke of a city. Boston, Massachusetts, that whole area is a joke. The refs did not lose this game to the Patriots. The Patriots lost this game. They were inept offensively. In the first half, really the Chiefs stopped themselves offensively. They got a nice pass rush in the second half. The Patriots blew this game, not the refs. Because if the Patriots can get those third and shorts like they normally can, it's a whole different game. If the Patriots can stand up the Chiefs pass rushers, it's a whole different game. The refs had nothing to do with that. 
Was it a bad call? Absolutely. That's a touchdown. That's a touchdown every single day. But it was not the reason they lost. It was not the reason they lost at all. But that's going to be the narrative for this whole week, so just get ready for it. They're going to try to discredit the win for the Chiefs all week long. And the Chiefs did enough by themselves to, to have angles to where you can discredit the win. But at the end of the day, in football, all you need to do is win in the NFL. That's it. This isn't college. You don't need style points. You just need to win the game ahead of you. You just need a win. And while the Chiefs played a sloppy second half, while the Chiefs left the door open for the Patriots, while the Chiefs let the Patriots drive down the field and you and you thought to yourself, oh, here we go again. You thought, I know how this ends. This is going to be a Patriots win. It's always been a Patriots win my entire life. It's always been a Chiefs-blown game my entire life. This is how they blow it. They do it every time they play a big game. Because I thought that. I tweeted that. I was yelling that at the TV. They found a way to win the game. They found a way to hold on. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Right now, you could be feeling like, oh, it was a good win, but you know they still made a ton of mistakes, and I, and I don't believe in them anymore because they can easily blow games. They just shown they have just shown that last night, where they almost blew that game, and a better team than the Patriots would have beat them. At the end of the day, they shouldn't win a football game. That's it. It doesn't matter if it looks pretty. It doesn't matter if it's smooth or not. They just needed the win. That was a huge win for them. Mentally, it was a huge win to go into Foxborough and get that victory. You clinched the AFC West in their house. Not that they care about the AFC West, but to be able to have a celebration in that locker room is huge. To get over that Belichick hump for Patrick Mahomes is huge. I mean, you had Orlando Skandrick, of all people, making jokes about Patrick Mahomes' 0-2 at the time against uh, the Patriots last week. Orlando Skandrick. And I'll deal with him tomorrow, but what a bum he is. That's really the immediate reactions from the game that I had written down. There's more stuff to talk about tomorrow. Let's lay out the rest of the week. Tomorrow will be the Tuesday show, which will just be, you know, more into this game. At the top of the show, I said it's going to be more optimism today. I don't feel like I was very optimistic today, so tomorrow's going to be Optimism Tuesday. Tomorrow's going to be all about how good of a win this was, how much it means to Kansas City. Talking about the Patriots game again. Recapping the NFL week as a whole. You know, just every, every team, Cowboys, lost as Jason Garrett. Of course he gets fired now, but who's going to replace him? I think he survives the rest of the year because they haven't fired him yet. But we'll get into all that tomorrow as the NFL as a whole. Tomorrow, of course, we'll answer your questions. If you leave an iTunes review or, or a review anywhere that you get your podcast, I'll check all the review places. Or you can send them to me on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. Again, that's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can send me your questions or... You can just send me your opinions. Just whatever opinions you might have about the NFL or the Chiefs, I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. I'll tell you if I agree or if I disagree. We'll do that tomorrow. And then also, of course, we'll have our NBA Minute. And if you are a fan of the show, you know what that is. Tomorrow you'll find out what that is if you don't know it already. And then on Wednesday, 
It's time to preview another week of football. It's time to preview the Broncos. We'll see what the injury report says. We'll see about we'll talk about Drew Locke and how good he's been so far this year. Talk about the Broncos game as a whole. And then preview the NFL slate, of course, picking winners as we do every week. So thank you all for listening to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast as a part of the Fanside Podcasting Network and arrowheadaddict.com. What a win for the Chiefs on Sunday. Again, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't smooth. It wasn't It wasn't domination as much as it looked like it, looked like it was going to be for most of that game. For most of that game, you felt like, okay, wow, the Chiefs are really dominating this football game. It got too close for comfort. In fact, I'm going to be honest, if, and if you go to my Twitter, you'll see, I thought the game was over. I thought the Patriots were going to win. I thought they were going to come back and win because that's what, the, that's what the Chiefs have done my entire life is just let teams back in and let teams beat them on games that they had won. But they held on. And that's what's different about this team. That's what's different about Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Although, again, I think this game is not attributed to them at all. I think this game is totally attributed to the defense. And again, tomorrow we're going to talk about Chris Jones a lot because we didn't mention him today. But Chris Jones, oh my gosh, what an animal he is. But we'll get into all that tomorrow. We're just rambling at the end now. So thank you all for listening. Again, again, send me your questions and opinions on the NFL and the Chiefs. Leave a review. I'll answer any of your questions there immediately on the iTunes review or any review in which you get your podcast. Subscribe. All that good stuff. Thank you all for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Also linked in the description of wherever you're listening to this below. Be good and be good to one another. We will see you tomorrow on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.